Welcome to the Call to Action Podcast, where we bring you incredible people and even more incredible stories with discussions and topics about what it takes to sacrifice everything to overcome hardships and failures to achieve success. Our guests heard the call. Now it's your turn. (laughs) Fucking hell. I love that. You have an addicting laugh, by the way. Thank you. Oh my god! Ever yeah, since I was in fourth grade, they used to call me Laugh Attack. <laughs> oh, that's great! That's a great one. <laughs> right? You shouldn't have told us that. See, now that it's out, <laughs> she is crowned the godmother of Silicon Beach, aka Laugh Attack, an entrepreneur <laughs> and a three-time founder. She's a highly sought-after transformational mindset coach, an expert speaker with the U.S. State Department. She worked with over 4,000 entrepreneurs, 4,000, and over 700 startups, named by Inc. Magazine as one of 30 inspirational women in tech, and was featured with LinkedIn on International Women's Day this year and with Delta Sky Magazine. Her career as an entrepreneur has revolved around breaking down barriers and rebuilding people into badasses and is why she is such a sought-after speaker and profound executive transformational coach. As if that wasn't impressive enough, she's a single mother of twin boys. And as legend has it, she turned down the role to star in the movie Wonder Woman because human optimization takes no days off. Please welcome our guest to the show, Cam Kashani. Ever. <laughs> Welcome. We strive Thank to impress. You. Wow. That's how Damn. stoked we are Damn. to have you on the show. Yes. I will take it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. You remember how you and I first met? Yeah, LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. See? I remember. Those LinkedIn plugs work, man. Mm-hmm. I told you. Wow. Yep. But yeah, we met the at a coffee result. shop. Yeah. We yeah. talked a bit. We had a great I, conversation. We did. Mm-hmm. And actually, we went back to your office mm-hmm. and had more of a good conversation. Mm-hmm. And I took away an enormous amount of just, I felt like I could conquer the world after that. Yes. And you did that just because, and obviously, you know, I was trying to work. I had a a startup that I was trying to get off the ground Mm -hmm. that we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. and uh, didn't work out. But Mm -hmm. I honestly, that's why you and I, you know, I've kept in contact and uh, I'm just very grateful for that moment. Thank you. We're here how many years later and now you're on our first podcast as our first guest. I feel honored. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's oh, a yes. pleasure to be here. So, <laughs> before we jump into your story and learn kind of like where you're from and your family life and growing up and where you are today, we're going to put you through a thing we call brain freeze frenzy. Mm-hmm. It's a little prefrontal cortex warm up like you've never <laughs> experienced. It's a wild array of questions to break the ice. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. And that squishy noise, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't <laughs> wasn't what you think uh, for the YouTubers? A little, it's a stress ball that uh, blows up. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> it's just chilling. Uh, so anyway, that's what that was. Oh my god! That's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> that should have been the question just for YouTube. What do you think that noise was? <laughs> anyway, write us in the comment section below. We'll, we'll start the quiz. My mouth shut. We're gonna keep rolling. <laughs> What is one positive thing you can say about yourself today, and what are you most proud of yourself for? (laughs) All right, redirecting attention back. (laughs) Um, I am extremely courageous and perseverant and resilient, and I'm damn proud of that. 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Amen. And you should be. God damn, that confidence, man. I'm about to go like run a 10K right now and break a world record. Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been through a lot of challenges in my life and nothing has ever slowed me down. It's just made me stronger. So it's... Does that start with a particular morning routine? Or do you just wake up kind of breathing in inspiration and badass all day? <laughs> it definitely took training. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely took training. I did a gratitude journal for a year. Oh. So I was able to really wow. get... yeah, Like daily? Daily. Yeah, for one year straight. And that really helped me develop a sense of gratitude when I wake up. So I don't feel like... Most human beings wake up feeling like, fuck, I have to do this, 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 this. I wake up with, I get to do right i'm excited yeah. and i'm looking forward to it and the sky is beautiful and i'm healthy and my children are healthy and you know it's it has definitely rewired my mind so that's huge i meditate a lot not necessarily in the morning always but at okay. some point during the day do you use an app to assist in that or is it i kind did of... when i was in the beginning stages and not knowing what the hell i was doing which one did you use um Just case, i tried a, a few firm. so i tried what's that one everyone uses there's two headspace it we was, love Headspace. Okay, it wasn't my favorite. It's okay. <laughs> now that that's out. Yeah. Edit. Uh, <laughs> oh, because, sorry. Is no, that like no. yours? <laughs> no, 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 no. It sucked. God. It glitchy, uh, horrible no, no, design. No. Even, it wasn't that. It was just the style of meditation isn't my style of meditation. Gotcha. I don't, I realized guided isn't my thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's why. Don't like to be told it's, what to do. Nope. <laughs> I, I'm like, don't that talk up. to me. I'm meditating. Right. <laughs> Shut up. I need to get my inner Zen and you're yeah. Yeah. interrupting it. So yeah. Sometimes it can be a lot more personal too. And people just like that space. Yeah. Yeah. For me now, it's literally like I just close my eyes and I tap in. Okay. So, so what, what time do you wake up about? Are you like oh, an early, changes. early riser? Okay. So or? I don't believe in any of that bullshit about you got to start your day at 5 a.m. Right. I think that's horse shit. Like I wake up when I want to wake up and when my body feels rested. Yeah. When I take my children to school, the days that I have them, obviously I wake up early because right. I got shit to do. <laughs> yeah. But when they're not, I sleep in a little bit. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know? I don't either. Yeah. With kids, it's around 6, 7 a.m. Without kids, maybe 8 or 9. And that's fine. Like, I, I do my schedule in a way that I'm able to feel best about me. Good. Yeah. And that's important, yes. you know? Uh, what's your workout routine looks like? Are you... And also, do you use any like pre-workout powders or are you just a stone cold killer and just like get after it? Because I've seen that right hook on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, gosh darn. And the gold gloves. Good yeah, God. <laughs> um, I'm focusing more on weightlifting now, Heck, which so what, I love. What are you doing? Like, do you know a routine? Do you do I like have a, a two day split three routine? Three to four times a week. Yeah. I have a trainer three to four times a week and, um, that's a lot of fun and it gets me, it's like, it really puts you in connection with your body. Big you time. Know? Like, yeah. Like you feel yourself and it feels good and you feel strong and you feel yourself getting stronger every day. Every time I like numbers go up with deadlifts and whatever i'm like fuck yeah it's yeah. just <laughs> it's empowering right yeah it's yeah. totally empowering it feels so good so that's that's what i do and then i do cycling but what is it called spinning spinning solo cycling heck yeah <laughs> hey that gets in have you tried uh, the versa climber class rise nation no i haven't heard of this oh. what is oh, that? have you tried a you know what a versa climber is uh-uh it's a it's like a, a stepping platform that's like vertical it was designed by an engineer actually originally back in, I think, the 70s. And it was to, for his son who played football. He tore his ACL. And it's a no-impact 
cardio, but it's like you're climbing and they have these classes and it just kicks your butt. Cool. Big time. That sounds great. You should check it out. Yeah. Big time. I would love to. Um, After the first minute, you're kind of like, okay. Oh yeah. And then you realize there's like 20 more minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And it only gets better. FML. (laughs) It only gets better and better. Shoot. Go. All right. What's the last thing in your search browser history? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> can be at home it's on the phone. Silly. No, it's it's not silly. It's cute. Um, my boys want to sign up for music class. Aw. Okay. What uh? What do they so, want to play? Sorry, guys. Nothing exciting. Guitar. Like <laughs> we're not looking for an answer. <laughs> hey, hey, we're hey, not hey, looking hey. for an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that on me <laughs> like that. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> So what? a loaded question, bro. I know. I should have thought that one through. <laughs> I cleared that browser history before coming in here. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure. Private browser. <laughs> uh, what was your first car? My first car yeah. was, oh my gosh, I used to street race. What? <laughs> really? You heard it first. Yes. Yeah. Tell us a little old. about that. Google podcast. doesn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> street race. Okay. Street race. Walk but my car, that. you will never believe, was, is like, come on, Cam, you raced in that. It was an, a Mercedes ML. 320, like okay. the, yes. the uh, SUV yeah, when oh, they yeah. first came out. Pure race car. <laughs> yeah. Right? The mother load. <laughs> it was just, it was the car that I had, and I saw Fast and Furious, and I was like, holy oh God. shit, what is this? I want to do that right now. I went and I blacked out my lights. I installed a crazy system in my car. I still have like I'm like obsessed with music. I love sound as well. It's so good. Yeah, it is. I when you bump in, like come in. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Super amped. I'm here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> That's um, awesome. <laughs> we heard you coming around the block. You know. <laughs> yeah. We were surprised. Oh, that's Cam. <laughs> She's here, guys. Yeah, that's true. It's go but time. yeah, that was my first car. And I totally used to take it to races. <laughs> did you race for pink slips? Whoa. <laughs> you did? No, 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 okay. no. Pink slips. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is where it gets serious. How many cars have you won? <laughs> and have you wrecked while racing I did, ever? I did, actually, the funny story is the car accident that I did have with that car had nothing to do with racing. I was going like five miles an hour on a stupid turn and the car ended up flipping over. It was very strange. Yeah. <laughs> and you're here that today. That was when they realized that that car was not, it was like in the beginning of the SUV days. It was, what, there's like a word that I can't remember. That's like the technical term, but they couldn't keep it grounded. Top heavy. Like, yeah, it always just felt like Right. It was going to fall over. And it did. And it did. <laughs> You're damn right it did. <laughs> What's your favorite meal? Favorite meal of the day? Cheat meal. Oh, if I want to cheat, french fries and nachos. Oh, yeah. Dude. Hitting yes. it right. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we have some nachos a little oh, bit later. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you could go back in history and get drunk or high with anyone, who would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. Richard Branson. Ooh. Wait, do you mean he, for real or like in my fantasy? <laughs> both. <laughs> Preferably at Let's hear time. some stories. <laughs> no, every time I think of like who's the person that I look up to and I'm inspired by, it's him. I love Richard Branson. I think he's awesome. I love that he's like a human being in his company. He's not like this douchebag leader. People feel safe and connected to him he's a great family man he's clearly extremely successful and he gives no fucks it's like exactly my kind the of trifecta human. yeah he's got, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's so great i love it 
Um, but if I were to think about, I don't know, like for real, I feel like, mm, that's a good one. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> that's a good one. I'll take it. <laughs> What's your spirit animal? Mm. My spirit animal is a lion. Mm-hmm. She's bad. Ferocious. Ass. Yeah. Gets after it. Yeah, I think we're experiencing a little of that right now. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> but so am I, though. So what does that mean? Yeah. It's hot in here. It's, it's getting hot. It's only heating up. Someone open up a window. <laughs> Jesus. What's your uh, favorite app on your phone? Oh, it's Instagram. Hell yeah. Yeah, I love Instagram. I know a lot of people sit there and say like, oh, it wastes your time. I only follow inspirational accounts and or people that I actually want to follow. I don't follow any of the Kim Kardashians and like those things that like kind of lower your vibration. I'm not into that. Or or take a piece of your soul, you know? Yeah, totally. Or like, you know, like uh, things that people can never actually become these airbrushed accounts and whatever. Like who needs that? Airbrushed accounts. Yeah, this is solid advice. Yeah. Hey, that's... Cam Kashani hashtag airbrushed accounts. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck that. I don't need that. I look True. at the stuff that's uplifting. I feel uplifted after looking at my Instagram. Is that wow. part of your, you know, your recovery back from your whatever portion of your life when you started meditating and like, okay, I need to change it? Is that kind of part of the formula? Surround yourself with positivity oh, and that's and like gulf number it? one. Right. Yeah. Only surround yourself with happy powerful awesome and that humans. dives into social media right absolutely yeah. don't like and we'll yourself. dive into that yeah. topic a little yeah, bit yeah yeah i think that's really important yeah 100 percent. Mm-hmm. so speaking of favorites favorite body part on the opposite sex <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yep <laughs> oh my gosh mm. told you brain freeze frenzy <laughs> don't be the first okay, one to I think get I'm, caught I'm, up uh, thumbs i'm gone <laughs> bones <laughs> <laughs> Can I answer this with energy? Yes. My favorite thing about the opposite sex. Yeah. And other human beings would be energy. Like if I don't care what you look like. Yeah. I want your energy to impact mine. I mean, there's got to be a slight like there's got to be some. I don't want you to be, you know. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's the there's the this side of the coin and then this one. Right. But but it's a it's a flexible adaptive feeling that I get. Right. When I'm with somebody, when I leave being with that person, do I feel better? So you're more intellectual than you would be the appearance aesthetic. Yeah. It's all about the human. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great Um, response. (laughs) What was the last thing you did that you're glad no one saw? And I guess it might be. (laughs) The toilet flushing. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scenario. Yeah, that took me a minute. I was like in there. I'm like, huh, okay, I'm trying. It's not working. And then it's spanking. Just, try, harder. Them, no. try harder. Try <laughs> harder. And then it's it, your toilet starts spanking me. Yes, the ghost toilet. Oh gosh, that was so good. Oh yeah, for for, for our <laughs> listeners, we had some technical memorable technical incidents. Difficulties. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the with the John. <laughs> um, yeah. Next question, please. Let's. Uh, <laughs> if you could ask the president one question and get an honest answer, what would it be? Oh, hmm. Oh my gosh, I have so many that come up. If I had to choose one, what would I ask? What is your intention? Is one of my favorite questions to ask people. Yeah. What is your intention with your presidency, and what is your intention with what you're doing right now? And uh, I'll keep the rest of it to myself. <laughs> you, know, you know what I would ask Fair. him? 
who made his toupee and does it tweet for him. <laughs> oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Have you seen that yeah. picture of it blowing in the wind? But he, Hilarious. Oh, yes, it's a great. It's like it's so good. It's him like it's that. So good. Not you know whatever the political bullshit stuff. Uh, just the picture itself is just. But you know, unbelievably I have accurate. to say, I would love to have just a one-hour conversation with that guy and but just, get honest answers, right? Get, and get to the bottom of like, what's up with you, and what happened to you as a child? Yeah. <laughs> like, I would love to just know. I'm fascinated to know what motivates him, what inspires him, what his intention is. I mean, we know it's a lot of ego, but like, I'm just curious. He definitely wears that. his emotions on his sleeve. It's <laughs> unpresidential, you know, but. There's a uh, interesting kind of concept there. Like, it's do we prefer a president to like wear his emotions on his sleeve or like hide everything? Because we've had those presidents as well. See, that's so why it's like, it's like yeah, we're yeah, it's a the, hypothesis we're testing right now. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah, it's crazy. But the ego perspective is very interesting. <laughs> I would love to actually. That's my answer. I'd love to have a conversation with him about ego. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, this Mr. President, if you're listening, please <laughs> write in. Yeah. Call me up. Yeah. <laughs> Get that number on speed Three dial. 310. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> edit, edit. <laughs> this one's good. Uh, it revolves a little bit around, uh, I think, what you've been doing lately as well. Uh, yes, I've been stalking you on Instagram. Ooh, uh, what's the most annoying habit a coworker or family member has? You know, you don't have to name names, but Call to Action Podcast is about that therapy life, so feel free to blast off on whatever you feel <laughs> you know if you need to let something out this is this would be a good time but is Wait. there an annoying habit that like a family member does or a co-work you've had in the past that just like you want to grind your teeth okay so i have an interesting answer to this which is not the answer you're looking for i'm sure it's fine <laughs> but if somebody does something that quote unquote annoys me it's mm-hmm. a trigger so i go within and i ask myself mm. why is this person's behavior actually annoying me because it has nothing to do with them right that's a wow. beautiful answer. Yeah, deep. <laughs> and, and what's, you know, where do, from there, where does it go? What's your kind of next step with, you know? I, I search and I see, well, where does this behavior spawn from? Where does this initial response come from? I try to trace it back and I reprogram it in my mind. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that helps. Um, it basically dissolves it. It's like a coping mechanism. Wow. It's like so a transformational mechanism. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I've worked really hard on myself. You I'm have a like different human than I used to be. Of like tools. Yeah. Yeah. That you that's just, what I try to share with people. That's mm-hmm. so awesome. Wow. <laughs> I, it, it's already working. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I, if you guys in the audience could, could, could feel the energy today, yeah. I if mean, you can't feel it by yeah. now, you're soulless. Stop living. <laughs> it's just it's, it's jazzed up just here. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's so hot, people. Yeah. 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 We're going to need you back down about an eight, okay? I think we're up at like 11 or 12. (laughs) Yeah, see, I don't do that, though. As we take shots. I'm just kidding. It's tea. It's tea. Go ahead. Next question. Yeah, and on that, if coffee was an illegal drug, what would its underground name be? If it was a, an illegal drug, what would If coffee it? was an illegal drug? Crack what? cocaine? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. I, I don't that. drink coffee. It's too much. You guys feel how much energy I have? Right. Coffee would make me go like, yeah. Too much? Through the fucking roof. <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street level? It's like really high. Really high. Um, 
Yeah, this is tea. We're, we're about we're about <laughs> done with these questions, so we we'll cool it back down. I know these are uh, really bouncing around, but we're almost there. Uh, if you could call yourself ten years ago and give yourself advice, oh, and if you could her. jump ahead ten years in the future, what would you ask yourself? So ten years ago, let's see. Oh, I was so clueless in so many ways. I I would really just. I would really tell her I love her. She's amazing. She's perfect. She doesn't need anything outside of her to fulfill her. And then she really needs to just focus on building her and building herself. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which from everything sounds like that's exactly what you do. Yeah. yeah. It, it turned out that way, but it would have been nice if it were a little sooner, but it's okay. <laughs> Hindsight's always twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. We're not born all knowing, although some come close. <laughs> and then what about uh, 10, 10 years in the future? Now? Oh, my gosh. What would I want to know? Yeah, like, oh, what would I want to know 10 years from now? Just like uh, guidance for at this moment in time. Maybe just, you know, okay. It's actually funny you ask this question because I do that frequently. Really? I have conversations with my future self, okay. which anyone can do, by the way. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's literally it's called a gestalt. It's that's the term for it. Where in your mind or in a, you're in a chair and you imagine or there's another chair across from you, you call in that future version of you, however old they are, could be 50s, 60s, 40s, doesn't matter, and call them in and just say I'm calling that part of myself in and I would love to know what guidance do you have for me right now? Where should I put my energy? does this particular path serve me and is it for my highest purpose? Right. So those are the questions I would ask and I do ask frequently. Do you find that helps you make better decisions and be more effective? Everything is from the soul level, nothing from the ego level. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, very deep. I do that. (laughs) We we dive in deep here. We're going to need to implement a few of these things, seriously. Uh, (laughs) What am I doing with my life? Uh, Woke up and uh, scratched my head. Uh, (laughs) Hey, Ben, take some cliff notes for us. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez Louise. Wow. All right, last few ones. Go ahead, knock it. What's the nastiest (laughs) thing you found in your fridge? Oh, God. The other day, actually, there was hummus from like four months ago, and it was all just green and gross and gnarly. Did it have like the white... It had the fluff, white, the green, the, the mold, the fluff. purple, ooh, like ooh. all of the color. It was like a rainbow in there. It was gross. Well, like, yummy. Like Keith's keyboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in fact, I think that was from my refrigerator <laughs> or my freezer earlier. So <laughs> if you weren't doing what you're doing now professionally, uh, what would your dream career be? This is my dream career. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Solid. Mm-hmm. What if you could bring one person back from the dead into the modern world? Who would it be? And why? Martin Luther King. Because he spread the message that I believe so strongly in that the most powerful force is love. Love is the answer. Mm -hmm. It's all love. Peace, everything. I mean, just all that energy outweighs the dark and the negative. And more people need to embody that because a lot of people embody fear. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. It's a powerful emotion. Mm Mm-hmm. It can really, really get it you It shifts down. everything. Oh, it yeah. shifts everything. Even things that we think won't change can change if you allow yourself to be in the energetic of love. That's what we're made of. You're, you're going to just Lovely. be... You need to write a book, by the I way. I am. 
Ooh. Ooh. What did I oh, just say? Oh, is that say? coming? <laughs> we uh... doesn't mean anytime soon. <laughs> it's in progress. It could take That's awesome. time. But it does, but it it's going to be. Oh take God. all the time you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right, last couple here. Um, if you could live one life that was a thousand years or ten lives that were a hundred years each, what would you choose and why? Oh, that's some deep shit right there. Hmm. From that, from the fridge, I know it's like that's why it's the brain, <laughs> brain freeze frenzy, guys. Right? It's a whole <laughs> slew of randomness. Which one would I choose? A thousand or one life, a thousand years, or ten that were a hundred each? You know, what hope comes, my math is okay. Yeah, no, what comes up for me is, uh, well, I do believe we live multiple lives, so we're already doing it the other way. <laughs> if I could choose, it'd be cool to live a thousand years, as long as my body will, you know, sustain. And that that would be the presumptuous. Right, like I'd direction. like to get it all done now. I don't want to have to come back again and again and again. And, right, you know, restart, mm-hmm. reset. Yeah, it, that's if I an could interesting. Do it all at once, why not? Tell us a little about that. How many lives have you lived? Oh, or- thousands. Yeah, I know that. Do you feel it in scenarios? Yes, and I've done work on past lives. Like I've I've healed them, I've felt them, I've gone through them and How does one do that? It's a process. Long process. <laughs> it takes it's not time. a sentence. It won't just come to you if you just start doing this work. Like I've been doing this work for many years now, so um, it takes time and intention and it's uh, yeah, it's a thing, but it's powerful so powerful like so much of who you are now makes so much sense when you go back that way you're like oh no wonder i have this fear because blah 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 or no wonder i love being on stage i was an actress in a previous right like there's different things that that come forward are you able to connect with that through meditations through calling in your future past self yes okay yeah that's insane it's cool that is insane (laughs) maybe we'll draw some parallels a little bit later on that uh because yeah, I'm happy That's to talk. This is the shit I love. You know, I'm all about the spiritual stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, the congratulations. No. Yeah. <laughs> We're the Antichrist over here. <laughs> Certainly feels that way sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lately, sometimes more yeah. than others. Yeah, we work together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like this great awakening of energy. I mean, truly, though, it's, uh, it's coming out in the dialogue and it's certainly here in mm-hmm. spirit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Last two. If you could only choose one platform to post your content on and the consequences for not following the rules are death penalty by electric chair, what would it be and why? <laughs> For someone who breaks all You will die yeah, <laughs> by electric chair. So you have to choose one platform. Which one would it be? And I'll die if I post on it or I'll no, die if you I only, don't? No, you only can choose one platform to post your content on. Only one okay. out of all of them. Which one would it be? What's your most effective Instagram, Instagram for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she loves that. Why? I love Instagram. Just, it's a visual? And yes, and I'm very, very visual. And... Um, I'm not a fan of their algorithm so much anymore, right. but <laughs> overall, what do you think about them taking away the likes? What do you, uh, what are your yeah, thoughts that on that? It was like, what the fuck? Mine literally dropped in half, but who gives a fuck? If you're doing it for likes, then you're doing it Precisely. wrong. Precisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So I don't really care. I just, I feel like it's a, it's a no barrier way to be able to get to a large audience. Right. Mm-hmm. And you separate your business account from your personal account properly, right? 
Like, do you I'm have different strategies? I'm going to actually begin to try to integrate them together. Hmm. I want to see Interesting. how I can do that. Yeah, right now I'm super on the personal side, and uh, I think I'm even private at this time. I don't know. You were the other day. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, it's possible. I mean, I go in and out, but like, <laughs> right. I think my um, my goal at some point is to integrate the business and the uh, and the personal stuff together because that's who I am too. Yeah. Right. I just want it to be representative of me. Right. Mm-hmm. If money weren't an object and there was a set path to success, what product would you invent right now to make your life easier? make my life easier or others yours Hmm. selfish (laughs) um what product would i invent is there a is an aggravating scenario in your day-to-day that you're like dang i wish there was a product or something for this or you know no no life is good (laughs) i feel like if there was an answer to this you would have you would have said it already so yeah no i don't i don't i don't know there are moments I'll have where I'd be like, it'd be cool if, but mm, there's nothing st- like striking inside my mind right now that's like, I wish this existed. <laughs> well, it'd be cool if conscious dating existed. Though. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Conscious yeah. dating. Conscious dating. Explain a little yeah, bit. Yeah, what, what would that entail? <laughs> yeah. Like, instead of the mindless swiping, swiping, bring in a conscious component into it. Uh, let's let's instead of sitting there and telling everyone they need to be with somebody like no you don't. You're fine alone. Like come from that place. Self-love. Coming from a place of self-love and then integrating different approaches into the online. It doesn't have to be online. It could be in person, whatever, dating to make it more conscious. But do you think people in general have that capability and capacity to be able to think like that because you know it it took you in a lot of time Mm -hmm. on working on yourself right Mm -hmm. that's kind of but the alternative is you just exist through life and you don't live it that's true Mm so nobody is truly alone yeah ever yeah you you feel that way oh yeah no i've got a posse (laughs) (laughs) it's a thousand of my former selves (laughs) And you not only have a right hand man, you have a right and a left hand with your twin boys. So <laughs> yes, right, I do. That yeah. is my posse. My As a twin myself, I have a twin sister. Oh. Speak a little bit about your boys. Yeah, tell. Omg, they are fantastic. They are ah so fun. I love them so much. My heart explodes when I. That's tell them. that story last night. He cooked you dinner. Okay. I know and I'm creepy. Did you see what he could? No, it's fine. Did you see what he cooked me? Yeah. Okay. Spinach, avocado, and carrot cooked. Like he knows. My wife what his doesn't even eats. cook for me like that. <laughs> he understands. I eat really clean, and he like he's like, here you go, mommy. I know you're gonna love this. I wish I could put bread in it, but I know you don't eat bread. Like it was so. Oh cute. my god. It was so cute. And then the other one comes. Stud. He's gonna be a stud. <laughs> oh god, I know, and I'm gonna. Be careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Mama bear comes out. Oh, I know. Um, and then the other one comes, and I had a twenty dollar bill that I w- I was gonna do something with. I don't remember what. And he brings it, and he goes, "Here you go, mommy. I know it's already yours, but I'm giving it to you." <laughs> <laughs> Is there some magic just in twins? I mean, there's so much energy magic. wise. They came into my life and they showed me my true strength. They were literally pillars of light that were born and changed me. And forever I'm grateful to them for that. Of course it's difficult. Of course I have moments right. where I just want to go like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's all and worthwhile. Oh, oh my, yeah, absolutely. Or a quick, or that, or you know, that. exactly. Yes, yes. No, I have moments where I'm like, what the fuck did I get myself into? But at the same time, oh, so beautiful, so fulfilling, yeah. so much love. Like I die, I die, I die, I die. I love them so much. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, woohoo. Yes. You got through the brain yes. freeze frenzy. I did. You did. Yay. We're finally done. That was supposed to be five minutes. Pass. It turned into a little bit longer, but you know how we do. Um, Who edits these for brevity? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. This is a car ride podcast. We're not that cheapo 10 minute podcast. Get in and out. We like to dig right. deep and get it raw. So, um, well, before we kind of jump into what you're doing now mm-hmm. and your successful self, <laughs> and uh, we want to know a little bit about kind of the foundation, how it got built from the start. So kind of, can you tell us a little bit about where you grew up, yeah. your family life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was born in Iran. Um, born in Iran. Born in Iran. Mm-hmm. Tehran, Iran. Wow. Yeah. And um, during the war, like height of the Iran-Iraq war. And I was literally born into like bombs and shit. <laughs> was, wow. My dad was, uh, he's a physician and he was a physician in the front lines at that moment. So he was actually not physically there. And um, my mom had me on her own. And um, as soon as I was born, my dad actually got released, which was awesome, but only for temporary. And then about a year down the line, they decided we cannot raise a child in, in this, this environment. environment. And it was right before and right when it was becoming the Islamic Republic. So Iran used to be a free place. Women right. would wear skirts. Right. And it was not at all what it is right now. Yeah, big changes. Yeah. And so my when, mom it almost freaked went out. backwards. It did go backwards. And it was such a forward nation, too. It's such a shame. But, Interesting. Yeah. And I've heard this also from other Iranians here. Yeah. You know, have, yeah. have spoken similarly. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a. Um, I mean, there's just such incredible stuff that's come out of there. But do you have very vivid memory and recall of you know being there, born? How old were you when you had left? We, I was only one. So okay. we and we escaped uh, fake passports. My dad had to actually get on a horse and like run away through the Turkish mountains. That's incredible. Yeah, wow. yeah. Me and my mom fake passports. We took airplanes and he took a yeah. horse he took a horse he's galloping through the mountains <laughs> like oh my and he god met us like six months later we were in turkey until our paperwork got approved and we were able to come to the u.s wow that is a wow. real it's a, re- it's a story so <laughs> you guys escape yeah bombs and war yeah you come where do you guys land first so turkey initially a little brief stint around Europe to get right. our paperwork in order and then we come to LA when I'm two. direct to LA direct to LA because um, my grandparents were here okay my dad's side and he was doing his doctor work like he had to take exams and whatnot so we stayed with them for a little while then he got accepted into residency in New Jersey we moved to New Jersey oh. for a year that's where you have a little accent and easy it? little slight words you said I've noticed and I wasn't quite sure what it was but I think it's just the way I emphasize maybe <laughs> maybe that could be it too but that's what it, okay maybe and then we lived in New York for a minute, too. So you're in New Jersey, you're in New York, and then we came back to L.A. I've been here since I was six. We're about New York. Brooklyn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, still mm-hmm. fun today. Mm-hmm. Love going. It's so different now. Then it was so ghetto back Right. 
right? And, that, and that's the, the, the kind of life cycle. Like four times. Yeah, this it was is true. Nuts. So from bombs to robbery, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a struggle, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the areas kind of recycle every every couple of decades, and, and right oh now it's God. a great place it's to be. It's beautiful now. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, my, my family left that area as well, probably oh, really? about about the same time for wow. similar reasons. Cool. So. Yeah. yeah. Were you close with your family? I am and have been always very close. That's an um, important component to your foundation. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel so blessed every day for the family that I have. Not only were we, they never, we grew up with nothing and like they it never felt that way. Right. You know, yeah. it never felt that way. There was so much love present all the time in our house. So it was like, who cares if we have $7 in our bank account, which I actually have a memory of my mother saying at one time, like we have $7 in our bank account. But like, you know, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. We still had pizza once a week and we had like, you know what I mean? We had like parks and So was that, you guys had like little quirky things you did, like special things. Was it like Friday Friday night pizza night or something? Stuff like that. Yeah, it depended on my dad's schedule because he was, um, you know, residency and all the other things, fellowship and moonlighting and so many different things that he was doing to you know become the doctor he is now and what is, uh, what what kind of a physician is he so he has four specialties <laughs> but so i'm starting to draw parallels yeah. of why she is the way she is yeah i think yeah. i see the big picture a little bit better now <laughs> I okay i'm a family of doctors and it's it's fascinating um but wow. yes he's a, he focuses on sleep sleep medicine so all you people who can't sleep I have a great doctor for you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, plug him. What, uh, <laughs> let's, let's put a link in the, in the show notes. Yeah. For that. Is everybody here together today? Yeah. My parents live two houses away from me. No way. No joke. It's so my big fat Greek wedding. It's hilarious. Whoa. <laughs> and it turned out to be. Does he have his version of Windex? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will, I will add the, uh, the preface on that. that you see where your elbows are. We, <laughs> yeah. Keep them keep keep above Windex, the desk. <laughs> No, I'll, I'll add to that, though, that um, with very respectful and strong boundaries, like right. there is no, I, it's it's not like that. That's for sure. There's healthy boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. In the whole thing. Okay. But they are extremely helpful with my kids. So supportive emotionally and everything. Always. I feel highly blessed. <laughs> so seeing your dad work so hard and your mom uh, probably mm-hmm. managing the home yeah, life. Yeah, me and my brother, did, yeah. Did that kind of plant the seed for where you are today in terms of like the entrepreneurial seed? Were you that way as a young girl or were you into like crazy other things? You know, you guys, I was the like, okay, as a kid, um, man, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. Really? I never in a million years. I was full of like supreme self-doubt. Huh. I had no idea what I was capable of, who I was how smart I am. I did. I thought I was dumb. I thought I was stupid. I was bullied like shit all throughout school. Because you were from another country? Because I was another country. I was the fat kid. I had so many different things that people were just ruthless. You know how kids are. Yeah, they're ruthless. Savage. (laughs) They're savage. They say the darndest things, you know? They really do. And I was, uh, you know, yeah, I was an immigrant and I was not physically great and so i just got a lot of shit that's a great way to depict that she wasn't physically great yet yes right yeah. um but um did you so, know english when you 
Can, yes, or was it a second it, language too? I learned English. It was not my first language, but I learned it when I was like four or five. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have very strong command over the language. How many languages do you speak? Two. Okay. I, I speak Farsi and English. Yeah, and I know a little bit of Spanish. This guy too. Yo hablo español también. Sí, señor. Muy bien. So, what did you? You were you obviously it doesn't sound like you were into the entrepreneur. You weren't hustling lemonade stands at the corner of the. No, I didn't believe in myself enough to. And at the same time, though, I remember being really called to doing like Girl Scouts and selling cookies. But okay. my mom was scared, and she was like, "I don't want you out there going door to door. I don't want hmm. you to do da da da." da. So it was an inter- It was interesting because there was that part of me that was like, "That looks fun. That looks cool." But there was the, mm, I'm afraid of you doing that. And that's a big part of what I've worked through also is like in my culture, as, as amazingly progressive as my parents are, right. there were some of these things that like a girl doesn't do that. Although they very much treated me and my brother as one. Like my dad never ever said, a man this, a man that, a right. woman this, a woman. It was just certain fear elements that came into the equation. That Probably from their background. From their, yeah. their you know, they were just understanding. Understand. I mean, I wouldn't want my seven-year-old going and knocking on doors either. Especially but. not today. <laughs> yeah. And this is Los Angeles. I get oh my it. God. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen those Netflix specials? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I totally get it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so no, I didn't see myself as an... I did have cool ideas here and there that came up. I remember this is so interesting that this just came to me I think I was like 11 and I sketched this is so funny I haven't thought about this in so long <laughs> I I sketched this hotel that I wanted to create that was in the shape of a heart wow isn't that so cam like <laughs> <laughs> yes and then, <laughs> Duh. And then, and then wow the part two I was like the first floor is going to have this place where people are going to work and they're all going to be homeless, but they're all going to have jobs. And so they're all going to make money. And then the second floor is going to be like this, that like it was like solving world peace in a hotel. It was so cool. I just remembered that. I haven't thought about that in years. We might be doing a little bit of that today. <laughs> um, so you did you play music? No, I didn't do shit. You just chilled. I did no sports. I did no Chillaxed. music. I, w- I wouldn't. I was just... Really, I mean, I am not shy when I say I just didn't believe I could do anything. My school grades weren't that weren't that great, especially once I went into I did okay in elementary. I did good in elementary, but like I went to a private school for middle school. Okay. And oh my god, not only did the bullying go up like 18 notches, but I was in such a radically competitive environment which I'm not a fan of, and I don't think any 13 or 12 year old should be a fan of, to be honest. Right. <laughs> um, and wow, I, I, those three years were really difficult for me. Really, really can, difficult. Can you juxtapose the private versus public? Is, is, is one necessarily a little bit better? I think school needs massive transformation. I strongly believe that academics don't do shit for you. Sorry, guys, but I don't. Yeah. What the fuck do I remember from geometry and shit? Nothing. What matters is building the human. Yeah. They need to incorporate this kind of shit into school as opposed to focusing so much on the academic side of things. We need to focus on building the person. So if there's a private school that has that element involved, awesome. But if it's just a private school because it's a private school and it's harder and it's got a name, I can give two shits. Right. So Professor Cam here today. <laughs> so a lot of people share that sentiment, though, and uh, me being one of them, uh, that, you know, the college degree isn't so necessary as it used to be, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, 
what would be something you would change? You know, your your boys are going to eventually end up getting to an age where mm-hmm. either they're going to choose to go or not. Are you supportive of them chasing something different, a different path? Or are you like, you know, they should go the college route? Um, I don't think should should exist. <laughs> the word should should be deleted from our English language. Um, I don't think college, if they don't want to go, I'm not going to be like, you are not enough unless you go. Like right. that is probably the worst approach to do. I'm always a proponent of further education. I mean, I'm still continuing. I just completed my two year certification in spiritual psychology at the university of Santa Monica. Like, wow. Congratulations. On top of everything else you're doing. Was that like night class? How did Jeez. you fit that into your schedule? <laughs> oh my I gosh. Made it, work. it was one weekend a month. Okay. Like Friday night to Sunday night, but like 12 hour days. Um, it was intense and it was a lot of work and I'm so glad I did it at the same time. That's my kind of school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The school of healing and empowerment. That fits perfectly. <laughs> Puzzle piece completed, you know, yeah. like, and you're so hyper local. I mean, really just in the community, Santa Monica, you know, so much is a part of you, uh, real quickly should, how, how would that better be phrased? Well, should takes the responsibility away from you. It makes you dumb. It makes yeah. it's as if you're asking a higher authority outside of yourself. Hmm, you, that's an interesting unquote, perspective, say. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So take responsibility. Do you want to do it or not? And it's you. You know the answer within yourself. It's your calling. You know what is right, right for you. If my kid comes to me at the age of like, I don't know, mm, 17 or 16 he's like i'm not sure if i'm gonna go to college i'll talk it out with him i'm not gonna be like you are gonna go to college you should (laughs) this is the route blah 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 what if college kills his soul what the fuck do i know yeah i have no idea i was fed that myself yeah growing up and uh i actually dropped out of college to pursue um my my initial career yeah and then i i can't i'm was so much happier in those moments when I was like, mm-hmm. everyone's telling me to stay and do this and do that. And I didn't, and I did what I wanted to do and what mm-hmm. felt right to me. Mm-hmm. And it's set me in the right course of where I am today, you know, and putting myself in new positions, but being comfortable in those. Yes. And that is a powerful, Yes. and it was hugely fear-based, just yes. what are people going to think of me right. and my image? And then I had one moment, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go for it. And I did. And man, I've, that was the best decision I ever made. And look at you slaying it today. See, exactly. We're trying, we're trying. Um, (laughs) We all are. (laughs) I feel like that was a big spiritual awakening. Just should, you know, maybe can do a little remapping in my, in, in our own brains. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, so what, you know, you, you went through high school, Mm -hmm. you, we weren't enjoying your, Mm -hmm. your time there. Mm -hmm. What got you into your eventual first startup what was that section that missing gap puzzle piece like how did you get to your first startup yeah great question let's see i went to college i did that whole thing i had a where did you go i went to cal state northridge i've had a few friends go there Mm -hmm. yeah i went there for my undergrad i got my mba too from loyola marymount great school as well that was fun yeah um that came along a little later Let's see. After college, I got a job as uh, in a in the medical field. Really? Yeah, as a marketing director, I think it was called, and um, the official title. <laughs> yeah, something like <laughs> director of marketing. I don't remember. Right. Um, I was like twenty-two, <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was a good quote-unquote good job, and I hated it. I hated it because I felt like my soul was dying. Mm. I. 
more more than anything and actually yeah more than anything it was like the what i really felt not aligned with was the culture of just being in this place where you knew people didn't want to be there (laughs) and you could and it wasn't like i mean it was a beautiful company they were doing great work it right. was helping humans, right. patients, all of that stuff, right? But it was just, like, not my thing. And I remember coming in and, and observing this and being like, huh, I don't think these people know why they're here. They don't realize they're in the business of patient care, that they're in the business of saving people's lives. So I had this conversation with the owner of the company, and I told him that. And I'm like, I don't think people know why they're here. I don't know how I had the balls to do that. FYI, I have no idea. At that time in my life, I was not who you see here. Right. <laughs> But clearly, I always had it in me. So, in the making. (laughs) Sometimes it just takes hindsight to be like, wow, I really did have it. I just didn't believe in myself at that time. You were doing the right steps. Totally. Yeah. Slowly, but surely. Right. right? And so, um, yeah, I remember having that comment. And he was like, you're right. So he ended up holding this meeting. And he was like, with the like 60 something plus employees in the place at the time. And he's like, do you guys know why you're here? That's a lot of people. And it, yeah, it was, yeah, a, it was a decent company. And um, and nobody could answer the question. Everyone was like, to pay rent. Did you get a promotion? Oh, a number. Did you get a promotion after that for? <laughs> I actually, it, not right after that, but a little while after so I did. So they saw value, more value than you were leading on yeah, in yeah. just your little yeah. professional title, totally, right? Totally. Was so, there a slight awakening at the company, so to speak, where people just kind 100%. of maybe? We all took Tony Robbins together. I, I encouraged wow. everyone to do Tony Robbins, like not all, like the executive level, and then. Um, we integrated. What was that like? It was fun. Get you fired up. It was fun. I was, I mean, this was over, I mean, this was when I was like 25 or 26 right. or something. So, I mean, I was very, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it Starry-eyed. And <laughs> oh my God. This is yeah. <laughs> cross-eyed. Just so excited. You can't even see straight. We're getting and a dose hear, of this today. <laughs> then you hear your mom's voice in the background. You know, don't keep your eyes crossed or it'll get stuck. It's like. She used to tell me that because I, I can know. move one eye. And she would tell me, why are you sitting there moving one? I can, you can literally move, move one, one eye. I used to be able to, too, Let's actually. See this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy, right? Whoa. It's going to stick that <laughs> so, way. So my wife is a retina specialist. Uh, oh, shit. So I, I do that, and I'm like, I had a moment, uh, and I was like, babe, I don't know the answer to this, but... Uh, can your eyes really get stuck? You know, like I, my whole life I wanted to know, is it's it real? True. And she's like, you're an idiot. You know, like, no, it can't get so, by the way, that is not That's correct. So That's a wise And if it does, just use your finger, push it back. Yeah, over. exactly. Right. Or spoon, you know, just. Pretty yeah, much. I can, I can help you. <laughs> Both of you with the wonk eye. So. So yeah, that company ended up having a massive transformation, which was awesome. We ended up incorporating quality care into our whole entire marketing philosophy, which was great, and I helped a lot with that. We ended up going from three locations to nine locations. We increased revenue 60%. A lot of it was in part to all of this stuff that we helped include, yeah, which was great. And they ended up getting acquired two years after I left. Oh, that's incredible. Did you get a little piece of the pie? I did not. I didn't know better then. (laughs) And you were responsible for (laughs) a large... I I definitely helped, which was great. But it was also just like, the reason I bring that up too is because in retrospect, I see the human component in what I do now. I was always fascinated, not by the, how are you going to do, like, what are the technical... I I was just always really inspired and fascinated by the human element in everything. Like, why aren't these people happy? Why are they spending right. their days 
in a place that they obviously don't like? Why is there such a negative culture? Mm. Why don't we just be human beings as leaders? Like, why is there like a, did you do blah, 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 blah? Like, fuck you. Don't talk to me like that. Talk like a human. Right. Like, it doesn't need to be the way that it is. You don't need to peacock, you know? No, it's fear-based leadership. And I'm a fan of the love-based leadership, which comes from an authentic place. I think we're starting to see that shift uh, quite a bit more. Yes. And I love it. Me too. It's because so of people exciting. like you. Thank Seriously, you. to bring it out I appreciate and bring that. it up. Thank you. I really received that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So is that how? Did you just like? So they got acquired, and you were no jobless at that point. Well, no, or? I left before. Okay. Yeah, I left a couple of years beforehand. Um, that's when I started my first company uh, as a co-founder, and that was um, actually a medical company it was a medical tech med, med tech startup before okay. they were a thing <laughs> that's still hot business still today. hot i know and this was like 2008 and by the way bad timing because of the great recession right. yeah so i had no idea what i was doing there was a really bad economy in a very non-forgiving industry the medical industry has a lot of red tape right so right much. So many loopholes to have to jump through would you say no industry is recession proof including medical I would say that the only thing that is recession proof is yourself. So as long as you're investing in you, you'll be okay. Just keep going, mm -hmm. keep going. Yeah. yeah. So see how I always bring it back to the human. Yeah, <laughs> but it is, isn't that just a real key key nugget? Yeah. You know. Yeah. 100%. For, every, for everybody listening, mm -hmm. um, invest in you. So how long did that last? So okay, that was the biggest. No, it wasn't the biggest, but it was one of the biggest failures of my life. Maybe probably the biggest. Well, I don't know. It's not like it's like a scale, but like right. that was a huge failure. Two years, two hundred thousand dollars of our own money, three customers. Who's we? Me and my co-founder at the time, who's now my ex-husband. Okay. At that time, we were um, boyfriend girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> cute. Yeah. yeah. Soup's cute. <laughs> yeah. How did you guys meet? Um, college. In college. Yeah, we okay. met in college. We were together from when we were 19. Did he just swoop you off your feet or did you do it that? It was a you? mutual like, you know, who are you? Okay. <laughs> and then we were like best friends before we ended up getting married. Well, we got married many years later, but before we became a couple. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this was the medical startup this was the uh, medical startup huge failure definitely had many moments of what the fuck am i doing with my life blah 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 blah, blah. and then um familiar sentiments oh yeah very natural i mean we all have those it should not feel like something's wrong with you i think that's the problem is that there's so much judgment of the self that comes forward mm, when you time. don't do something quote unquote correctly but if you remove that judgment and you accept it and you just look at it as it is just as a as an event and you take it to mean growth. Make failure mean growth. Human beings can apply meaning to anything, right? So right. make the meaning of failure mean growth and you can shift your perspective, heal and move forward. So I did that without knowing that I did that, I guess, because I wasn't conscious of this kind of work back That's then. That's the second time you've kind of just kept moving I know. in the right That's direction. Yeah. <laughs> Very conscious. We're going to try and draw parallels here and like put the timeline together. The cam elements were there. <laughs> Perfect. So they were always there. Yeah. You just needed to I just polish. Needed to re get yeah. rid of the shit in the way, exactly. right? Which is what I help people do. I help get rid of the shit that's in the way of your true powerful self. Yeah, and it's happening right now. It's happening today. Seriously. Yes. A little spiritual enlivening. <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, so that ended up leading into my next company, which was Coloft. And um, 
how did that happen specifically? It was like uh, we were in a space a transitional period, didn't know what we were going to do. And then um, what what year is this? This is two, this is 2009. So there's not much of a tech scene there's in L.A. There's nothing in L.A. There's virtually nothing. nothing. In LA. Mm -mm. There's, there was one event every two months with the same 90 people. There was no big success story yet. There was nothing. Are you talking about like a networking meeting or what, what yeah, meeting? Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, Is this in Santa Monica? It was in Santa Monica. It was called Startups Uncensored. And I'm sure anybody. Who oh, was I've heard of that. Then, it was run by Jason Nazar, who was the CEO of DocStock back then. I think right. he's doing something else now. But like, um, yeah, it was a great event. It was amazing. And the point of it is that the startup scene was very tiny like non-existent on a map right it's almost like a bunch of people just hanging out right well i mean they were do trying to do but, stuff but nothing had put la uh, out yet there was no money there was no venture capital there was, there was nothing no, yeah. yeah there was nothing and so it was all up north right exactly people kept going up there right and so all these different elements started coming into play and i had no connection with the tech scene back then at all there wasn't one anyways but like i didn't have any friends that were entrepreneurs and technology founders my friends were in dental school business school right medical school and doing I was the set naturally path, doing that pat and i was like the crazy one me and my um my ex and so you know it was weird it was different it was scary there were so many different emotions and feelings that were going through it but um what happened was we were up in San Francisco on a uh, business trip for like a random side hustle that we were doing. And we ended up in a co-working space. And we were like, what is this? This is so <laughs> cool. All of these people are doing different companies, but they're all sitting together in the same place. And it was super mom and pop. It was like a small place with like their sofa from home. You know what I mean? I don't know even what it was called. How was the energy there? So good. We lively ended up meeting, and energetic yeah, and we ended up making like five connections in like an hour and we're like this is really valuable let's look for something like this when we go back to la and we didn't find one and you said bing and the concept of co-loft was born in our minds interesting yeah oh there you go yeah so you went up there with a, 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 a direct exactly a direct you know mm -hmm, plan mm -hmm. and you came back with, with a another. new direction mm -hmm. yeah and so um what happened was we learned the very hard way how not to build a company. Oh, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> tell us some of the growing pains, you know, especially to bootstrap such an early endeavor. Yeah, like no, this. I'm happy to give you the, the, the overview of what that looked like. So what happened was we come back, we're like, this is a great idea. We need to do this, but we just failed so hard. Can we do this? <laughs> were you married at that time? No, we were still, still just, yeah. I think we got engaged at some point in the first few months of co-op or okay. something. Yeah, that's around the time frame. Um, but we were living together and whatnot. And so um, we did it the lean startup style before the lean startup actually became a book and a movement. So what we did was um we so okay i reached out to all my family and friends although yeah. again nobody was in that world whatsoever but i was like fuck it i'm gonna hustle and i'm just gonna send out as many emails as i can and there was social media but it's not as huge as it was today. right but we did have facebook we did have twitter there was no instagram there was meetup.com which was also really big back then so i created a meetup a facebook a twitter i emailed all of my friends we put up a fake, and when I say fake website, I mean we put up something, coloff.com coming 
uh, spring of 2010 when it wasn't like we had nothing. Right. Okay. And this is like November of 2009. We had nothing at all. There was no space. There was nothing. But we just let's see if there's any a interest. test. Right. You got yeah, to test see if the there's market. Interest. Like, go ahead and put your email in here. Somehow with the work that I did with the, you know, gathering of the humans, we ended up with like 250 email addresses, which how, we, what's impressive. how long did that take? A couple weeks? Four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a clear weeks. need. There was a clear need, a clear want. And I think there was an authentic approach that Koloft had that was really needed at that time because the premise of it was why isn't there a place for us, an AA for entrepreneurs, so to say. Right. And that was the energy that was directly shown through it. And physically, you guys were where in L.A.? West L.A.? Okay. Mm -hmm. We were in West L.A., but we really, and I always loved Santa Monica. There was right. something about Santa Monica. So... Once we saw the response, we decided to survey these people and we sent surveys out and we got a pretty decent response rate with the surveys, which what was were so you cool. asking very specific questions. Again, we learned the hard way targeted, very targeted, like, OK, for example, we wanted to know where to allocate our resources. Do you guys want a space that has like cool shit like vending machines or would you prefer hmm. to have nice chairs? And everyone was like chairs. Right. So we ended up getting Ikea tables. There were like 20 bucks. Heck yeah. <laughs> and $2,000 seats. <laughs> yeah. And Aeron chairs from oh, a wow. Citibank. Th those are the best. From a Citibank going out of business. We used the recession wow. to our advantage at Good that for time. you. Oh, there so you we go. We got them at like an eighth of the cost. So we knew that if, if this tanked, we can always sell those and make back. <laughs> we'll make money. a profit on Such the chairs. Smart. <laughs> yeah. What a good strategy. <laughs> totally. It was perfect. <laughs> So, and then also a big thing was like everyone wanted natural light and big time. you know that, but you don't know, know that. And yeah. so like people would pay for like a nicer space. Yeah. We do that here. It's very important to the workspace. And when Absolutely. you showed up earlier, I think yeah. we were kind of riffing off this uh, good natural light. Totally. Yes. It's beautiful. And it's, it's, it helps humans, right? <laughs> it does. And the greener, Vitamin you know, D. the scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How did you guys kind of solve that? You know, was there a lot like a lot of like window space or, or did you even have an outdoor area? Well, so what happened was once we got all this information from the from the um, survey that went out. And by the way, the most important question that we asked that we got the best answer to was if this existed today and this was the cost, would you pay? And right. And we got like a I don't remember specific 28 percent said yes, something like that, which would be like, OK, looks like we have something. Hey, here. those are some yeses. Yeah, those are some yeses for sure. There's risk. Clearly, but let's just follow and do it. Just testing so, hypotheses. Testing, and... testing, testing. So then we decided, let's go and see what spaces actually exist out there. And I swear to you, there's such a beautiful component of divine timing in this entire story because we're driving around. How the fuck did we find prime <laughs> real estate? Prime. On Santa Monica Boulevard between 9th and 10th Street. Okay. Ground floor. It was like a retail space, so it was all windows, legit, mm. all windows, bright, a little bit of a warehousey look. So yeah, we perfect. love that little industrial icing on the cake, under a dollar, under two dollars a square foot. My goodness! So what did like, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> so you instantly jumped on that deal. Basically, and not only that, we were able to negotiate um, one year with the four-year option to extend. So we're like, let's try this out and see if it... 
I mean, all the shit it fucking just, worked. It all just came together. And this is what happens in life. It's yes. like when you're in alignment, shit flows, shit shows up. It's not about yeah. getting lucky. It's just a divine order of things. The universe kind of brings universe all the parts together. One hundred percent. Like that doesn't happen, you guys. You can't get space like that. You no, you cannot. I mean? You can't. And the the landlords. They loved us. I was like, this is what we're going to do. They're like, this sounds great. This is exactly what we need. <laughs> Can we sign up? <laughs> yeah. They loved it. It was, it was, they were so sweet and cool and just, and there was a parking lot even like in Santa Monica. I mean, all these things were just like, what? How, How long were work? you in the space? Um, Coloft existed for about six years. Wow. That's incredible. So was it a, you know, back it up a little bit. So you're going through that. Uh, you sign the deals, you get in there, you get all the furniture. Was it an instant success or so it did you have to work no, it? it? I mean, it wasn't like, oh, look, but people did show up the first day because of the work that we put in, which was awesome. It took us four months to break even, which was Wow, that's amazing. very fast. And Anything, became, you know, prior to a year, that's great impressive. success. Right? It and it only incredible. shows the know-how and yeah. what you guys were able to build. Well, and what we built was a community. And the reason why people came there was because they felt like a human, not a transaction. They felt mm. loved. I mean, Pando Daily wrote an article on us that said, uh, Koloft is the cheers of the LA tech ecosystem where everyone knows your name. Oh, I love that. That's <laughs> yeah. spot on. Yeah. And that's what it was. It was a family. People came in. They felt like they were part of something. Every event that I did, every little thing that was there was added value. It was never coming. It was coming from a place of like, does this add value? Is it aligned with the why of why we exist? We exist to empower, inspire, and be a community. Does it all align and fit? We had a no investor policy. Investors weren't allowed to come in there for a very long time because it became a pitch fest. Oh, hey, right. listen up. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it, it, it was, unless we had specific events around inve with investors involved, like they couldn't become members, for example. It was, it would kill the vibe, right? And it was such, it was such a beautiful community and that's what made it so successful. It ended up becoming ground zero for the LA technology ecosystem. It ended up spawning thousands of startups. We had over 1800 come through our doors, including Uber LA, Instacart, ZipRecruiter, wow. the early Tinder team. All these guys came out of our space and it was freaking glorious. It was such a beautiful chapter in LA startup history. And Ben and I so wish we could have been here to oh be a part goodness. of that, you know? I mean, you guys, it was so nice. Like That's to so this cool. day, I ha I literally just had a few people, we call them co-lofters, okay. reach out to me a couple weeks ago and be like, can we have a reunion? We miss this. Like Aww. to this day. How cool is that? Well, that speaks uh, enormously to, you know, you and Thank what you. you, who you are and how you are with people. So I think that uh, everyone kind of understands that right about now, uh, especially with your energy. But do you have any cool, do you have any cool stories from like those founders? Like did anything? Oh yes. Like hit us I, with. Yeah, there was. Oh, my gosh. OK, so get I, ready. <laughs> Put your seatbelts on. If you guys have heard of an event called Startup Weekend, yep. it is now a Techstars program, but before it was independently run. And I remember the guys, I'm good friends with the guys who had, who had, who was, who were running it at that time. And they were up in Seattle and they decided to do an event in LA. And so I became a facilitator with them, which was another story and so awesome in itself. But anyways, we, we hosted a, a good amount of startup weekends at Coloft, which was also just huge in terms of creation of the ecosystem. And I want to say this, the third startup weekend that we create, we did was in early 2011 and Ashton Kutcher showed up. 
Heck yeah. Okay, I'm literally walking Ashton around. Who? <laughs> <laughs> NBD. I mean, <laughs> I'm literally like walking around in the space and like, hey, how are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? What? Is Starstruck. That? And he walks in with Demi Moore. They were together at Beautiful that time. Beautiful man. And I'm like, and woman. Um, <laughs> and I run and I run and I look for uh, someone. Ashley Kutcher's here. Ashley Kutcher's here. <laughs> and then I'm like, what? Was he, your husband like, pull your shit together, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> He's the one I ran to. I'm like, Avesta, Ashley Kutcher's here. He's like, no way. He, 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 he got pushed just your a, face and like he got ran just over. He, I think he heard about the feeling of this place. <laughs> yeah. And he just needed to check it out. It was so cool. Well, what ended up happening was one of the attendees at Startup Weekend at that time was a fellow or a, something significant at the Kaufman Foundation. I don't remember what his role was. And he knew him somehow and randomly reached out and said, do you want to come and judge this event? So he ended up showing up and he did. He ended up being a judge for that startup weekend, which was awesome from that. And from what he ended up doing was the winner of the startup weekend that weekend. He ended up investing a million dollars in three days later. So that was like such a cool story. I've heard he's quite an entrepreneur himself. Is that true? Oh yeah. 100%. And he's the nicest guy. He was so cool. Him, him and Demi Moore were both super chill, super nice. But the fact that he came, volunteered his time, and then sat there and was like, this is a legitimate business, and invested a million dollars of his own money, like literally on the spot. It took him three days to do it. It was just, it was that's such an inspirational yeah, that's story a miracle. for everybody there, too. They were like, and then all of a sudden, Startup Weekend at Koloft became literally big bigger deal than like any concert in the world we sold out in six minutes after that the second the, the startup goodness. weekend that we had after that and that's like 200 people like in six minutes we sold it was so nuts <laughs> you remember wolf of wall street when like it was what three hours it was like 27 million dollars or something or 30 mm-hmm. minutes whatever it was you probably had a little glimpse of that you know yeah it was it was like you know what people are you know the unicorn dream or whatever right like, while some of that stuff is like don't work towards that but like also it anything is possible so you're anything feeling you're, you're high you then you're like you know such steamrolling success yeah. is coming in yeah. everything's so going cool. well mm-hmm. um obviously Koloft isn't around anymore what yeah what point when was that tipping point when it just <laughs> the tipping point was um so obviously it was me and my ex and so when uh, i filed for divorce we had some issues and you know business was a big part of it we had our boys um we have twin boys that are now seven and back then they were barely one and a half and so um you know it was one of the big kind of ramifications of uh, working together is what happens with the company that you have together. And there was a lot of ugliness definitely at that period of time. Probably, no, not probably, thousand percent the hardest time of my life because I lost my marriage and my business in one breath. And I literally, and as a single mom, and I literally felt completely naked and lost in the universe. I didn't know who the fuck I was, what I was here for. Any form of identity and anything I had identified myself as up until that point no longer existed. And I didn't know what to do. And I felt lost. I felt scared. Um, I definitely, you know, did way too many prescription drugs at the time. And I did mm. different coping mechanisms to try to, like, Precisely. not feel. Yeah, to yeah, try to not to feel. To numb it. I didn't want to feel it. And not face it. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. I didn't want to feel any of it. It was too scary. It was too, how the hell am I supposed to raise two children now with nothing? Like, I mean, what going do I from do? the highest high to the lowest low exactly. in the matter of in however matter many of months. Literally no time. It was sweep. Was the marriage just having troubles because of the business, do you think? Or was it just, you know, some other... You know, we met when we were 19. And people, when you're that young, you have no idea who the fuck you are. Of course not. I was a, diff- I was a different human last year. Like, it's like, it's like a I constant I was a different evolution. human before you walked in. <laughs> Likewise. Yeah. Well, I take that. That was the biggest compliment. Thank you, it Seth. Is. <laughs> it's the but truth. yeah, it was like, um, it was just, I don't know who I was back then. And you, you, you build a relationship and ideals based on a certain thing, but that's not actually what ends up happening. So, right. um, and a business is a huge pressure to, to be entwined that way. Yeah, there, that was definitely, you know, there was elements. that. But the biggest thing that changed everything for me, like I said, was my kids being born. Mm. My kids came into the world and I realized I could no longer live what I was living. And it wasn't going to be for the highest good for anybody. Um, so they were your strength getting through those rough times. They gave me a very different perspective on the life I was living. So Was, was the divorce hard traumatic. on them? On them? They were babies. Thank God. Thank fucking uh, God. Because <laughs> I've been through one of those myself, and uh, I was a little bit older, uh, and it was, it wasn't hard at the time. It was kind of weird. It like hit me lit years later, mm-hmm. and I had to deal with those at a much later time in life. And I wish I'd had had guidance to you know understand the scenario and and get through those a little bit better. But uh, so I'm always curious, you know, especially what a having a successful business on top of it mm-hmm. it's all intertwined mm-hmm. as well it's not like you can just go home take a breath like it's coming home with you yeah that's a huge oh yeah it was yeah it would but i had like i said so much support thank god my parents were there um were you living on the same block yeah 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 okay. yeah, yeah thank like that's like one of the biggest blessings in retrospect in my life is how that house ever happened like it was so cool um but not to diminish at all I went through the hardest period of my entire existence. I like was a zombie and (laughs) I was so scared and I couldn't even speak to my attorney. I had so much self doubt running because everything I had ever done crumbled. And I was like, how am I supposed to even make a legitimate decision moving forward? If this is what ends up happening. So I had so many different stories and whatnot running and it was scary Um, what happened was that that is what presented at that time is what presented my, like like I got exposed to the world of transformational work. So that was the starting point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the new you. Yes. I had a moment where I realized that I'm either going to end up being a victim or I'm going to be empowered. You had that internal conversation with yourself. It was like a snap like a spark that all of a sudden and I'm like I don't give up and this came from within yeah it came from within and I heard it from different types of guidance I had a coach at the time too who was extremely helpful and I'm a huge obviously as a coach I'm a huge proponent of coaches Um, I actually had two coaches at the time and both of them super duper helpful and people always say I can't afford a coach. I was a single mother without a business. If anyone couldn't afford a coach, it was me, but I figured it out because I needed to do the work. I needed to. So I put it on my credit card and I let that shit 
just I'll figure it out, right? <laughs> and Let I it started, simmer. Huh? Exactly. Yeah, you can figure it out. Like, and so I started doing this transformational work. I took seminars. I did different. I had my coaches. I had all of that. And I started to understand that I am the one who's ultimately responsible for my entire life. Anything that has happened up until now, blaming it on anybody else is never going to help anything. Taking full accountability, responsibility, acceptance, and then powerfully co-creating moving forward and just doing what you can to make shit happen. And it was a massive awakening and shift for me. It was huge. I was able to forgive myself, which is the biggest, biggest, biggest barrier to anybody's success is self-forgiveness. And I was able to forgive my ex. I was able to forgive anything and everyone involved in the situation let go of all that burden and weight. You seem incredibly free. I mean, to come oh, in yeah. here, have all this dialogue and even just, you know, folks before, you know, even, even, even getting started here. I mean, just the freedom is in the air. It's in the spirit. Thank you. Yeah. I've done a lot of work together. So <laughs> it is worth kind of hit a little pivot on that. Like, um, you said in an interview a couple years ago that entrepreneurs especially end up becoming attached to their product. Mm. And that's what ended up happening to mm-hmm. me. So I think that really rung true for me you you almost lose yourself in an identity mm-hmm. to a business that's exactly what happened to me i was cold off cam so who was i without it right and attachment is a human condition this is something that all of us are are innately running it's it's a part of the conditioning it's a part of humanity and so what happened was um or what i've learned is and what i preach is to detach what are you making your work and your identity mean about you? And why are you not enough alone? And so doing that work around that. I am enough. Yeah, I don't need to have an external anything define me. Company or not. Be fluid, right? Like none of this means anything. Be water, my (laughs) friend, is one of my Yes, that's oh, I have that written in one of my blog posts. Yeah, be agile like water. It's like that's Bruce Lee. Be wa- be like water, right? Yeah. yeah, and it's um, it's crucial and it's difficult, but it's liberating. <laughs> Extremely. Is that kind of where you are in this point in your career and life? Is mm-hmm. that, and especially you know, focusing not solely on women, but mainly your your focus point. Uh, you've said is you work with women and empowering women. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that Mm -hmm. hardship kind of the reason why? Yes. So the big epiphany that I had out of starting to do that that work, that transformational work, was, oh, I'm the one holding myself back my whole life. You're your own barrier. The only one who stops you is you, right? And that was a huge realization for me. Although you hear it, it's another thing when you feel it. Right. It's just something else when you get it and Precisely. it integrates in your body and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> Why did it take so long to get here? Like, yeah, yeah, ooh. totally. But also understanding that everything had to happen in the divine order that it happened in. Otherwise, you wouldn't get there. Exactly. So not being attached to the time either, right? Um, <laughs> it sounds so simple, like talking about this like now, but man, when you're in it, it's just... Oh, when you're in it, you're dying. <laughs> Oh, it was so Elephant much suffering. I cried for days and nights and I was in I was in a literally in the fetal position in my bed and just like fuck this shit. I mean, I can't even like it was horrible. Um, but the big epiphany coming out of it was, oh, 
I'm the one holding myself back my whole life. And then I was like, I want to help other people realize that because I had such incredible transformations from coaching. And I had already worked with how many entrepreneurs and startups advising and mentoring and through Coloft, through Coloft and through Startup Weekend and through other things that I had been doing. I was like, oh, I'm already doing this without knowing that I'm doing it. Like life prepared you into the direction. Exactly. Like I was working with so many people and I loved working with people and they loved working with me. They were always like, Cam, your energy, blah, blah, blah. Like that's a comment I've gotten for a very long time. Um, Isn't that the truth? (laughs) And so that's what happened was like, I'm going to be a coach. I got and the the, the fun little part of the story was I was in Kuwait. I got a random call from the State Department. This was the universe at play. Again, divine order out of nowhere. I got a phone call um, and they're like, would you like to come down to Kuwait and speak as a um, as a female entrepreneur, inspiring and empowering the women and the youth in the Middle East in a program proven to ward off terrorism by building community and entrepreneurial projects overseas. And I went, you want me to do world peace? Fuck yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's the calling. (laughs) Yes. yes. You heard the call. (laughs) Legit, right? (laughs) How long did it take from like being in a fetal position to that point? Nine months. So it's almost like you, it's like a newborn born baby in a way. Isn't that fascinating? That's crazy. Yeah, it was like a gestation period. Yeah. And how long would you say it takes to really transform oneself? Everybody's different. Okay. I never like to give anybody a time frame. Um, it's so different for everybody. And for me, getting that call was such a big sign to me that like I'm ready. And being there, being in Kuwait, speaking to these women in the Middle East, how interesting that I'm Middle Eastern too. That was another parallel. Right, like Like so much of it was just coming together. And I'm there and I'm like, I am here in order to do this. This is, it was such a purpose-driven trip and I just had such huge, holy crap moments. That was the moment I decided to become a coach and I have been ever since. And it's been awesome. <laughs> so tell us what you're doing now. Like what's Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm coaching uh, and empowering. What are, are you utilizing the new uh, degree that you just yes, like what yes. are those that's I mean, totally. obviously you're doing transformation yeah. coaches to make yeah. you've been doing that for a while, but yeah. like what what's the new well, step? I you know, it's like what I'm really focusing on right now is helping women connect with and embrace their divine feminine in a leadership capacity. And so when I say lead from love, the ultimate love is the divine feminine. She is powerful. She is inspiring. She's authentic. No one fucks with her. And she loves everybody. That's so cool. <laughs> that is. I think, Ben, you have one of these. I do. <laughs> so you, you know. I do. And you've he, seen he a embodies. little bit of it, but it gets pretty intense. <laughs> It's divine. <laughs> it's it's amazing. And so helping women really lead from this powerful, authentic place is so just exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I do lots of talks around that. I'm actually leading a workshop tomorrow morning around it, which I'm stoked oh, wow. about. Yeah, is that super, local? Yeah, it's in uh, it's at the Riveter in West LA. Oh, that's okay. huge. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank congratulations. you. I'm super excited. It's literally called Embracing the Divine Feminine Within. And it, Divine Feminine in a Leadership Capacity. And like, that's your title. Yes. 
<laughs> Are these yes. workshops something you're building into more? Yes. Is this so the I'm first be one? Doing, this is the first one around okay. this topic, which is awesome. And I'm definitely going to be doing more of them. There's going to be a lot more of these things. I want to do masterminds. I want to do I gonna say. You know, retreats. I want to do different things that really just serve. This is my purpose. My purpose is to help serve and help the woman and just really see her power. A woman sees her power and I'm like, ah, it's the best feeling in the world. And I'm so sick of this catty competitive bullshit. It's never resonated with me. I've never ever understood, I, I understand it, but like we don't need it. Right. Like, it's time to move past that stuff. And so really helping women understand that it doesn't need to be that way. And I understand how in a workplace and whatever environment it can seem like it needs to be that way. It almost becomes a survival game. But like I help women really tap into the tools and teach them the tools to be able to walk around as their divine, powerful, badass, perfect self without that self-doubt running, without those negative stories running and really just be able to lead from that place as well. Do you see a lot of your, do you call them clients? What, what do you, yeah, per, sure. I mean, just for <laughs> my humans, streamline your humans. <laughs> do you see them coming to you, especially the women? Uh, do they have a lot of trouble with like harassment in the workplace? Is, is that some of the problems you see or sometimes, sometimes there's sometimes there's the, the biggest thing that I see to be honest and yes, sure. Harassment exists. There's a lot of these external components that exist, but the biggest pattern that exists is a story of I'm not worthy. I right. don't deserve it. Which, how does this show up as, um, what is it called? That, that, what is that syndrome called? I just forgot. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Imposter syndrome, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that. Yes. That one. Yeah, it's, that just it's my mind. talked considerably in the tech industry. I don't know if this applies everywhere so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's everywhere. It's a human condition. Jennifer Lopez had that big story. I don't know if this is years ago, but when she was doing $100 million in sales and whatever, where she came back and she goes, I don't deserve this. I feel like an imposter. I mean, that's an internal wow. story. That's something within that needs to be healed. Yeah, right? we hope nobody truly harbors these feelings. Hey, and if they do, listen to the podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and more importantly, to get to Cam, who can help you get through them. Because, <laughs> yes, I can help absolutely. you get rid of these there things. There is help. Yes, yes. And it, it is possible to walk around in that really powerful place where none of that shit exists. So we've seen a big shift in women founders mm -hmm. in the tech scene, especially as of the last few years, um, getting a lot of funding, what not what would you like to see women doing more of in today's kind of ecosystem is there something that they're still lacking a little bit in and maybe it's their self-confidence that's exactly what um, it is. because they are worthy obviously it's, it's the data's there too to mm -hmm. prove it that mm -hmm. they're getting funding mm -hmm. and the percentage of them uh, women-led you know uh, companies are it's just compounding it's getting better and better more fluid and actually people are looking for that now because of the dynamicism of of the women and their creativity and unique look on a business like but obviously there's some things that it, maybe they're still holding themselves back is there a few little traits that you work with or notice in your clients so yeah totally what it is is stories that they've created on their minds based on past experiences this is how humans are you know conditioned to be we go through experiences in our life that end up resulting in certain decisions that we make and we end up creating a negative dialogue in our head and that negative dialogue is the biggest detriment to your life that that dialogue can become your best friend 
And that's one of the biggest things that I help people overcome is what is that voice inside your mind telling you? Is it a story that empowers you and inspires you and that loves you unconditionally? Or is it, you're wrong, you suck, you're stupid, you don't deserve it, da, da, da. What is the narrative? And helping them recreate that narrative into one that does empower them. What is the first step of turning that around? I think this is a very powerful construct, you know, this internal dialogue everybody has. Mm -hmm. Awareness. And to go on that, do you see some of your clients struggle to even hear that voice initially? Like, is there a... Oh, it's so like conditioned, right? It's so conditioned and just embedded that they're like, oh my God, I had no idea that I was even doing that. Because it's just so, it's like, it's like natural, unfortunately. And I had it too. Like I said, I didn't think I was good enough, smart enough, strong, right. all of the, all of that, not enough. <laughs> all Precisely. Of the not we, and you know, being men, we, we feel that too, but yeah, it's just a little bit harder. You know, I don't know if it is. And no? I sometimes feel that men actually have a pressure to be the Interesting. man and mm. that they need to love and can be compassionate with themselves too you know there's the divine masculine and there's the divine feminine they're both present they're both powerful they both matter so i'm a humanist <laughs> that's good <laughs> yeah because we uh, need more people like you we do <laughs> this planet yeah. it's hard enough there, there's plenty of space to have a few more cans i, I feel like yeah just clone me <laughs> okay <laughs> done <laughs> So as we kind of start getting towards uh, wrapping up a little bit, we've we've gone quite long. We don't want to keep you too much longer. But no, the no, last last <laughs> so are we? That's why it's, we're like, let's can we keep digging stuff out? This is great content. Um, and I know our listeners are gonna take a lot away from this. But um, to kind of piggyback on that, do you see a lot of barriers, especially as of late with the the boom in social media? Do you think that plays a little bit of part on, because you see, you only see the tip of the iceberg, right? You don't see the process under the mm-hmm. water. So, and people always post the best versions of themselves, but they don't, they're not going to share the vulnerable moments most likely. Mm-hmm. And so you see these people with these successful pictures mm-hmm. and you see the Lamborghini cars, you see the flashy watches, you see the this, the that. Look but at me, look at me. Precisely. <laughs> Do you think those stem some of those thoughts in people's mind? I think and they reinforce them. Reinforce them. You think they're already there? I think they're already there. So how come someone like me looking at those doesn't get affected? But then there's other people that look and go, I'm not enough. So your tactics don't change. Like they don't need to change to see uh, a positive outcome in your clients. Like with social media social media because you've been doing this longer than social media has been booming yes so but you haven't seen social media is a tool right in my point of view obviously this is cam's opinion (laughs) it's a tool and you can use it to empower you you can use it to bring it you down right it's up to you how you decide just like anything else in life right so how do you want to position it for yourself do you want to use it as something that will inspire you empower you and help you or do you want to use it as a place where you go and you feel like shit about yourself so like i said earlier my instagram is my favorite place to go because all it is is inspirational quotes right and Mm. and authentic humans you know i don't follow anybody that you know puts airbrush photos of themselves or pictures of cat like lamborghinis and shit like that i don't give a fuck right good for you yeah. But I don't give a fuck. You're in control of your <laughs> social media stream. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like I literally deleted my old account and created a new one and only followed 
and I had a lot of followers. Right. I can give a shit, right? It's really just about me wanting to feel good about me, my life, every moment of the day that I can, right? Obviously, I'm a human. We all go through emotions. But, like, what are you doing to help yourself and what are you doing to bring yourself down? Look at it. Yeah. And reframe it for yourself there's no need to follow all of these people with 80,000 lip injections and (laughs) (laughs) unless you want a good laugh you're not getting much value out of that there's nothing wrong with that god bless all of the humans i mean nothing negative and i have no judgment when i say this but if you look at that and you go oh my lips aren't big enough or i wish i looked better or i wish i did oh i don't feel good about my if you're doing that that's not right that's not good for you you are hurting you but if you're looking at and going, oh, I love her outfit. I want to get something like that. Right. Great. <laughs> yeah. That kind of goes to show, though, you know, the person's perspective on what they're looking, you know, yeah. how they view themselves and how yeah. they portray what comes in and out of their eyes. Exactly. So exactly. Mm-hmm. to kind of wrap up, can you give the young female and male entrepreneur out there a few takeaways from this conversation? Like what uh, maybe like three little points just to leave them with a good note and maybe someone struggling right now listening to this can't quite get off their feet or, yeah. or well I mean what immediately comes forward for me is love yourself be yourself and build yourself and it's imperative for a human being to understand that you are not alone and everything you feel and experience is just like everybody else like I've been there and I get it I understand what it feels like to feel like you're at the bottom and I understand what it feels like to feel like you'll never get there and I promise you if you really zero in on your truth and your authenticity and you love yourself unconditionally, you will get to wherever the fuck it is that you want to go to. So don't give up. Ask for help. Stop thinking you need to do this shit alone. Stop thinking you need to hustle your life away. That's also not something I believe in. I believe in alignment, not hustle. Like it's really important to have balance incorporated in your life. How else can I be a mom and, you know, and you know, run a business and do all these things that I do? It's balance. I'm not, you know, drinking shit tons of caffeine and and trying to just keep up with life. Like, you're going to end up in the hospital in your 40s if you do that. Instead, love yourself, pay attention to yourself, listen to yourself, build yourself, ask for help, get a community around you, a community of people who inspire you, who empower you, who bring out the best in you. Do these things and you will get there and you'll most of all enjoy the journey instead of being attached to a destination. That's what will take you out of everything is when you're attached to, I need to get there. No, you are here. Learn to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the process. Mm -hmm. There it is. My goodness. You fucking heard it. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) How can people get a hold of you? (laughs) Um, I am active on Instagram. Feel free to follow me at Cam S. Kashani, C-A-M-S-K-A-S-H-A-N-I. Also, um, my website, do you have camkashani.com is a great way and um heck yes all this will be in the show notes we'll plug it (laughs) and cam at camkashani.com is my email love is in the air thank you so very much she's the real wonder woman the godmother (laughs) of silicone beach she heard the call and took action thank you cam for coming on our show hope to have you again pretty soon yes thank you We want to give a shout out to our partner, Dimension Software. This podcast could not be possible without our team of support and the amazing platform to produce this kick-ass content for you guys. Dimension Software is a software engineer and design firm in sunny Santa Monica, California. 
technical wizards, creative cowboys, and optimization gurus are just a few titles given to them over the years. Sexy software and happy clients is the model they live by. Whether you're in need of a mobile app to launch your next big startup idea, or to create a new sales funnel for your existing business, or you're opening an e-commerce site and need Shopify experts to help create that juicy SEO, viral content creation, sexy branding, and everything else you need to get your business running smoothly and efficiently. Or hell, just want to grab a beer with some awesome dudes? Check out DimensionSoftware.com or on LinkedIn. This episode is also brought to you by Passwordless Login, an e-commerce plugin that makes customer login process effortless and lets them focus on what's really important. Shop until they drop. Here's a crazy fact. In the US alone, a single customer registers over 100 accounts to one email. And guess what? 75% of us duplicate passwords. I know it drives me bonkers going through the password reset process, or even worse, getting locked out of my own account from trying too many times. So stop wasting your customer's time trying to remember security questions like what street my first kiss was on. How the hell am I supposed to remember? Well, you don't have to because Passwordless Login creates a magic link for your users to click and boom, they're in. No hassle, super convenient, and a happier customer, which means one thing, my friends, more conversions. So if you're an e-commerce business and want the most secure and customizable login process on the market, visit the Shopify app store and search passwordless login or email support at dimensionsoftware.com titled passwordless login and they'll get you hooked up. Let them know we referred you in the email with hashtag CTAP for call to action podcast. That's Charlie Tangle Alpha Papa and you'll get up to a 15% discount on your first year subscription. We're super stoked to take this podcast journey with y'all. You're going to love our guests and their stories. And you can check us out on our website, dimensionsoftware.com, and connect with us on our LinkedIn at Dimension Software. Hit us up, even if it's just to say what's up. All of this will be on our show notes at the end of each episode. And smash that subscribe button if you find our content useful. Again, I'm your host, Ben, and this is Call to Action Podcast, Command Q. And this is Keith. Have a kick-ass day.